it was just really having better conversations the last two weeks, believe it or not, because I didn't have my my nose stuck in a cell phone and, you know, looking at the latest Facebook update that I can see two hours from now and it's going to be fine. Like I'll survive. It's almost, it almost becomes, I think for a lot of us, we have like a technology addiction. You, you know what I mean? And the fact that I couldn't use it broke my addiction to technology. Did you think you had an addiction before? No, it wasn't. It wasn't until I realized by not doing it, how often I was actually doing it. So that was the funny part about it. Like you don't realize it until you're like, oh, wow, kind of cool. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. When was the last time you went without a cell phone for more than a few hours? It's been a long time for me. Jeremy went longer than expected, as happened, but as chance favored the prepared mind, he was ready to take advantage of an opportunity. It sounds to me like he enjoyed using less power, however modest the reduction. He did it and discovered fun and improved relationships, I think something we all want. Once we created machines to save labor, now it seems like we create machines to create craving than to satisfy them, but overall the pattern seems to make us miserable, or at least the absence of those things like social media and things like that, sugary foods, the absence of those things seems to enrich our lives. I'm thinking about taking more digital vacations myself, and Jeremy's experience augments that interest. Everyone says that they're hard but rewarding, and that's a pattern that I find signals that it's an experiment that I would like to do. So let's listen. So there, I'm starting in the middle because I, I wish I'd captured that laugh. Because for okay, so welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. I'm here with Jeremy, and this is our second conversation. And I just asked him, are you ready for it? And he said, yes. And he started laughing. And what was so funny? I think I found out that I am unintentionally more powerful than I thought I was. Very <laughs> in something, or are you like a superhero? Like I'm, I'm like picturing like, what happened? Well, it's, this is funny. So you and I spoke on a Thursday. Was it two weeks ago or, or so? Yeah, I, was, I think it was in DC. I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, you were in DC. We spoke on a Thursday and a couple of days before my father-in-law had, uh, was trying to talk to my wife on my cell phone and he's like not technological like at all. So he dropped it and it cracked the outer plastic lens on my camera. So I went on eBay, I bought a lens for like three bucks. I'm like, oh, I'll just replace it myself. Uh-huh. So I uh, go through all these YouTube videos, learn how to do it. I do everything it says in the, in the steps. And as I'm removing the screen, it cracks. Again, or a new thing cracks, okay? Yeah, the actual screen cracks. So I couldn't use it. Like I literally could not use my phone. The way it cracked, it thought my finger was always pressing on the screen. Uh-huh. So it would like start calling people and do all these random things. So I just had to keep it off until I could get a replacement screen about three days ago. Well, that's so the actually- way to keep your usage low. <laughs> I literally couldn't use it if I wanted to. Like I was like leaving it home and everything because it was just, it was pointless. You know, all right, I'm going to tell you about a conversation I just had earlier today with uh, one of my clients. And here, a lot of people ask me, how do I lower my pollution? Or how do I like, what he was asking me, he's a weightlifter. 
he was trying to figure out how he could change his diet to have less packaged food while still eating what he wants to eat or what he, you know, what's necessary to keep his weight up and so forth. And I said, all right, you know, a lot of people ask me, and I said, there's two answers for how to change your diet or the same thing would be how to pollute less. There's the answer that you think you're asking, and that's the wrong answer. And then there's the answer that's more useful. So the wrong way, to, the wrong thing is for me to list for you, here are the things that I eat, like, like one by two, one, here's, you know, what I eat Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday. And that's how our educational system works is like, here's a bunch of information. Here's some facts. Now you tell me what I told you. This is compliance. This is not useful. I mean, it's useful at a low level, but not the people who are like wanting to be leaders. It's, it, mm-hmm. it teaches compliance. Exactly. Much more useful is tell yourself, I'm not going to have any packaged food. And then you have two choices at this point, die or figure it out. Most people need to figure it out because packaging didn't exist for most of human history. Likewise, if you want to pollute less, a lot of people think, well, I should plan it out and I should figure out what kind of car I should buy and stuff like this. That's one way of doing it. Here's another way. Just say, I'm not going to pollute and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. You couldn't use your phone. Did you lose all your friends? Did you die? Did, you, did your social life completely fall apart? No. Um, here's, here's the funny part about it. I actually like, because you had said, oh, I want to see what kind of realizations you have or whatever. And I actually had some pretty cool ones because I was bitching about my phone on a daily basis. I'm like, oh my God, this thing sucks. I hate this phone. This is pathetic. This is so, before it broke or after it broke? This is after it broke. And I bitched about it enough. Am I allowed to swear on here, by the way? Uh, I guess so. I, you know, <laughs> I, I just signed up and I like clicked the clean thing on Libsyn or something like that. Okay, I'll say uh, but I, I guess I, can... I got to go switch to not clean. I complained enough. So I, I complained so much that my wife said, you know, I was telling my mom about how much you are upset about your phone right now. And she said, there's this new kiosk at the mall where you can actually like recycle old phones. I'd never heard about this thing before. So she had me read this article about how a lot of the materials we use in our cell phones, it's actually like kids in Africa have to go like get this stuff out of like certain places that are very, very dangerous to get. And we've got all these old cell phones like just stored up because it's like, well, what do you do with them? Like after you're done with them, like there's no place to take them. So we actually went and, and recycled all of our cell phones from probably the last 10 years, which you can imagine is a lot of cell phones. Or they've just been sitting around. Yeah. So, so we actually found this kiosk at the mall. She had me read this article and we recycled probably 10 years of cell phones from time I was like maybe like 20 years old. So, so that's pretty crazy of just one way that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was an opportunity or a way to actually, to actually do something. So that was kind of the first thing that had happened. Oh, first thing. So what happened next? What, what's another thing that happened? Um, when you say it that way, I'm like, <laughs> if there's a first, there must be more. Well, it, it's kind of cool. So um, the way our Wi-Fi works for our home office, um, it reaches pretty far outside of our house. And we have this beautiful outdoor gazebo. And because I had kind of pulled my attention out of my phone so much, I actually felt the need to go outside and work in the gazebo all day. So I actually uh-huh. did all my work outside um, with full Wi-Fi on my computer, which was great because I just actually felt better because I wasn't like trapped with all the walls and everything else because you just, you feel better with the natural light hitting you. So th- for me, those were two really big things that actually just kind of happened off the bat without me realizing just pulling my face out of a cell phone would make me look around like that. It's almost like it made your house more valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of cool because it's like, and it was it, the crazy part about it is I actually found myself traveling without it because it was totally useless. 
So, so I feel like I was actually even more present in a lot of conversations where you don't realize you just pull out your phone and you just start scrolling through and it's, it gets kind of ridiculous how much we do it. This is exactly what I was saying to my client this morning. It's like, if you force yourself to do the change, you can either accept, you can either say like for me, not flying. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I'm not going to fly and I'm just going to, life is going to suck. I said, I'm not going to fly and I'm going to live just as awesome a life as I ever did. And when you force yourself to live by your values, you live by your values and you figure this stuff out, which sounds like it happened with you. Yeah, I, I literally had no choice. I, I couldn't use it. And it, it's so funny because you and I had just talked about it and it wasn't intentional. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to repair my own cell phone, which I did about two days ago now at this point. But um, I literally couldn't use it. And I feel like I actually broke my habit because of the force of not being able to use it at all. So, okay. So now you have a, a working phone again. Mm-hmm. Are the, will it be long-term changes? If so, what? Here, here's been the biggest problem that I'm noticing actually <laughs> is I, I tend to forget where I put it. I've been using it so little for the last two weeks uh-huh. that I tend to just put it down and not worry about it and then be like, where's my phone? So, you know, you have to have your wife call you or something and hope your ringer is on and it's not on vibrate. Mm-hmm. So it's, I've actually been losing my phone now because I just wasn't using it. Interesting. And does it give you a bit of joy when you're like, oh, I haven't used it so long? That's how I feel. Like, I'm like, I haven't used it in so long. I don't even know where it is. Well, I never lose it, actually. I, I'm really, I always put things in certain places. The keys right. never go, I mean, they only go in one place. Same mm-hmm. with the phone. But what's something like, you well, know, I'm, the, I'm notorious for losing things. So that's what I have. I, I have to put it in, this, in the same place or I will have no idea where it is. <laughs> so for me, like one thing I have, uh, this thing, uh, and a thing on my browser that doesn't let me access a bunch of web pages at certain times and you can go on and like override it. And so when you override it, sometimes I see the last time I ever read it was like weeks ago. I'm like, ah, I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Cause I haven't even tried, I haven't even tried to access those sites. And, uh, do you get that kind of feeling? Yeah, because you, you heard the laugh I gave you when you first, that the, the audience is actually, isn't actually going to get when you asked me, how did it go? And I'm just like, I was giddy. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I was kind of proud of myself because you don't realize how engrossed in technology we get and just kind of being here and present in the here and now and actually with the people we're with rather than our nose and our cell phone while we're you know, out at dinner or whatever. All right, so yeah, tell me more about the emotional response of this. You said giddy. What else? Like, because not doing something, usually mm-hmm. people don't think of that as something joyful, but you, it's, it's what you did do. And what, what was it? It was just really having better, better conversations the last two weeks, believe it or not, because I didn't have my, my nose stuck in a cell phone and, you know, looking at the latest Facebook update that I can see two hours from now and it's going to be fine. Like I'll survive. It almost becomes, I think for a lot of us, we have like a technology addiction. You, you know what I mean? And the fact that I couldn't use it broke my addiction to technology. Did you think you had an addiction before? No, it wasn't. It wasn't until I realized by not doing it, how often I was actually doing it. So, so that was the funny part about it. Like you don't realize it until you're like, oh, wow, kind of cool. You know, there's a, a way that I've been describing it lately is that when you do something that's contrary to your values and you do it out of con- comfort and convenience, well, you're mm-hmm. generally comfortable and convenient, but someone who takes to challenges like you and someone who wants to lead, some people who are listening to Leadership in the Environment podcast they're probably people who get more value out of living by their values more than just being comfortable and convenient. And so to me, I think of it like if, if you walk out in the morning and it's raining in the morning or you step in a puddle and you got wet socks all day, 
And instead of putting on dry socks, you just kind of keep doing whatever you're doing and don't think about it. And then later in the day, when you get home, you take your socks off and you go, oh my God, that was making me miserable all day. I didn't even notice it, except I did. I knew that it was there and it was bothering me. And I just kind of covered it up. And I don't think people realize that if you do the equivalent of pausing for a few minutes, maybe, you know, like maybe you just take off your socks and just wear shoes without socks for a little bit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you could do this and it's much more comfortable. And actually when you do that, you might realize, you know, my underwear is not clean either or something like that. I, I don't put on dirty underwear, but you realize, oh, if I change this, what else can I change? Oh, my book bag's really old and it's, it doesn't fit right. Maybe I can fix that. Right. And then you start, then you get on this path of like, what can you do next? Well, it's, it's funny though, because like I said, like it wasn't the intention of, oh, I'm going to break my cell phone. I was like, oh, I'm just going to fix this little camera lens. It can't be that difficult. And my wife goes, well, your postulate was pretty strong that you actually broke your own cell phone <laughs> and you literally couldn't use it. Cause I, I got off the call with you and I'm like, gosh, I really don't want to stop, like have to take my nose out of my cell phone because I need it for everything. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that I could get away without it, it was, it was kind of crazy. Uh, it's interesting that you say it that way because I need it for everything. And one of the things I talk to clients about is be very careful when you say, I need da-da-da-da. Because mm-hmm. neediness in terms of relationships is one of the least attractive, most repulsive things someone can have. Like, hey, I got a girl for you. You want to meet her? She's really needy. Like, that's the worst thing you, I, one of the worst one things of you can say about yourself. Yeah. They're scary. Yeah. And so when you have neediness, to break yourself of neediness, to be aware of it and then do, get over it. It's like a really, to me, really big deal in relationships. I do not yeah. want to be a needy person. Yeah, no, absolutely. So how did it affect your relationships? You talked about your relationship with your wife, any other relationships? How about the people that you're not in contact with as much because you're not reading their feeds on Instagram or whatever? Um, here's the funny part though. I don't think like with what we do on, on social media, I don't think it's real contact. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a thing. Like, what is it going to matter if somebody sees a few less likes for a two-week period from you? Like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really mean anything. Like if I really have something important to talk to them about, I can call them or send them an email or whatever. It doesn't involve me having to spend hours and hours and hours on social media. So that, I guess that's one part of it. Another part is I actually started kind of doing more things again because I, I kind of realized, hey, there's, there's kind of a world out there to explore. So like we live um, about a block off of a lake. So um, I actually took my wife and my, my two dogs and we, we went down to the lake a lot more, which is great. We went every night for the last, well, until she went to the, sh- to the Jersey Shore yesterday, we went every night, took the dogs down there, which was great. Well, Jesus, um, that's a big change. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. You, I broke my cell phone addiction by not being able to use it. <laughs> I broke my cell phone addiction by breaking my phone. <laughs> and having, if, I, if it's not too much credit to take, and I gave you the presence of mind to be like, let's roll with this as opposed to, fuck. Oh, <laughs> as opposed to darn, got to do something about this now. <laughs> That's awesome. After I just said, hey, can I yeah. swear here? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's go for the full swear. So you're saying, I mean, you're saying it's not real and you're doing more. So it's almost changing reality. I mean, if you're yeah. saying well, those things weren't real, that's like a big, to me, that's a big deal. It's a, it's a huge shift, man, because you just, you start realizing that like, I don't know that social media and being on your cell phone and texting all this stuff, like it isn't real, like doing this, right? Like it's not actually actively doing something. Like being um, on the beach with the dog and your wife. Yeah. And, and as ridiculous as it is, it is another technology thing. But I said to my wife, hey, you know what? Let's go to the movies tonight, last Saturday. 
And I actually, you know, we actually went out to a movie theater. Like I haven't done that in like six months, man. Mm-hmm. But because I feel like I was so less involved in technology, I was more willing to do stuff. It's kind of weird when you think about it consciously. I got a question for you. Would you rather uh-huh. walk on the beach with your wife, walking the dog, or look at a glowing screen uh, scrolling pictures? Definitely the beach because the dogs <laughs> really love it. It's a weird thing that we do the other. It's like, it's really, it's comfort and convenience. Yeah. We had this little energetic uh, border collie corgi and like oh, man. she loves to swim. So you just, you take her to the water and it's just like, oh man, it's exciting for her. So, so that was really, it was really cool for, for that portion of our lives. That's yeah. Border collies. So, so we had, yeah. Reminds me of a dog we had before. And uh, all right. I'm going to share some stuff with you. I'm going to be upfront. We've met, we know each other. We're friends. Yeah. When you said I last time, I don't think, I can't think of anything I can do to change my effect on the environment. I was like, really? Like, that's not, you know, like the ocean levels are rising. You know that, uh, everywhere uh, in the world is getting hit with a hurricane. Yeah. There's hurricanes. <laughs> so there's like species are becoming extinct. And there's like, it never, now you're an intelligent guy. You're a worldly man. You're, you know, lots of people you've, you've do lots of things. How does it happen that you didn't know about this stuff or how did it not connect with your life? Is that, I mean, maybe I'm asking about something you're not really aware of, but I didn't meet you and think like, this guy's doesn't know what's going on, but I felt like you were, you're pretty upfront. Like, I don't know what I can do. I can't, I hadn't really thought about it. It's kind of, I guess, having the awareness level of what's actually happening. You know what I mean? If you're so engrossed in, I'm going to say social media, because that's kind of the biggest thing that taking away your cell phone takes away from you is you can't tweet, you can't like, you can't comment, you can't share. And because of that, what else do you really need a phone for other than like calling people? There's nothing else you really need it for. So I think that it kind of brings your awareness level back up to what's happening around you. And when you can observe is when you can actually see these things when you don't realize how many hours you're wasting on this crap because it's five minutes here, 10 minutes here, two minutes here. Next thing you know, you're spending hours on a lot of this stuff when you could be more aware of the environment around you, even picking up your phone and, and messing with it while you're driving. Not a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us just do it because it becomes so much of a portion of our lives that we don't really observe what's around us. Wow. So this is, sorry, it's just dawning on me, like how big of an effect this is and also how big of an effect it was the other way before. Right. I didn't realize how, how much you, it didn't really occur to me, like how much time you must've been spending on it. A lot. Wow. So that's why it was a big deal for me when I was like, well, I'll use my cell phone less. Like, I don't think you truly grasp how much yeah. I used it. And I also didn't realize how much, cause I was thinking, okay, my rule is that you have to, the person take on the personal challenge. I have a few rules. And one of them is, one of those, you can't be telling other people what to do. You have to change yourself. Mm-hmm. And the change has to make some difference. And so for you using less, on the scale of the amount of power that you were saving, it's like minuscule because they're pretty power efficient, these right. cell phones. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, well, I'll let that go because, you know, I'm, as a leader, I want to support you. Yeah. And I'm not going to judge like what your task, you're taking it on, you're going to do something. And part of it was your awareness. And it's made a big difference. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you said. Yeah. So how would you characterize your change in awareness of environment with respect to, you know, what most people mean when they mean environment of, of like sea levels and, and carbon dioxide and things like that? Is it something that you've been paying more attention to or is it like now more in your horizon? I, I think it's made me pay more attention to my immediate environment. So it, it's kind of, like I said, it's made me experience it more. They're actually, I, I want to say... A couple of days after you and I spoke, we went to a town council meeting here that they're trying to knock down the, the woods next to my house and build a parking lot. 
And I'm kind of like, damn it, I won't sand for that. So we, we actually went to a town council meeting for that because I like living in the middle of the woods. It's kind of great. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't really want that to be taken away from me. So I, I don't know that it's made me notice more of the, the greater wide world just because I feel like you need technology more to experience that unless you're already traveling. But it's kind of made me experience more of my immediate environment and what's going on here. All right. So I'm reading Baby Steps which you got to take before you take the big steps. Sure, absolutely. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So now let me ask you, would you be interested in taking on another challenge and like taking a bigger step? Uh, sure. <laughs> You're like, mm, maybe uh, let, me, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> I'm thinking, usually I try to connect it to environmental things, but you, last time I remember you, you, you like challenges. You like to grow. And if this one grew, I would bet that the next one would too. Sure. Now I put it in, I bet that language, did that language resonate with you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would, I would think so. So, anything you could think of that to to do for the next challenge? Hmm. Actually, you know, it's funny because I asked you about the environment, and I, I want to count that you you were very clear. You went outdoors and you enjoyed your gazebo, and you went outdoors and you enjoyed the beach and you know the dog. And that to me is when I asked, I was like, you clearly said these things, and that's I think enjoying the environment is like a pretty good thing to make you more aware. It's like just enjoying the joy. Um. I can't really think of anything off the top of the head, really. Then, you know, we started, we started recycling more. We started actually, like I said, taking an active part in, you know, civic society and kind of like what's going on on that front. As a um, result of the phone breaking? Yeah. Yeah. This is a major like, shift. <laughs> you're going to be like the poster child for this. I hope people listening are thinking, if you're thinking, oh man, okay. A lot of people say uh, little changes add up to big changes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do, but I think little changes change you to where you start realizing all these other things. Well, that's the whole, the whole thing of be the change you want to see in the world. You got to kind of handle yourself before you can make bigger things happen. Yeah. And so if you only think of like these, if someone listened to your first challenge and said the change in emissions to the world of carbon dioxide, say, based on not using a cell phone a little bit, it's like almost immeasurably small. It's still measurable, but small. But Look at what the changes it's leading to. So I, I think people would have think uh, that I took the easy way out, but for me, that's a really big deal because it's something that was very much having power over me. You know what I mean? So I hope that people are listening if they're thinking about, well, if I, don't, if I do this, but the whole meat industry doesn't change their thing or the, the oil companies don't change their thing, then what's the point? Well, this is how it was two weeks and you've changed, you're, you're going to meeting. Actually, I think that might be something interesting to follow up on if, if you take responsibility for doing something with these woods by your house. It's kind of cool living in the woods, man. I got to say. <laughs> well, that's not, if that's something that's meaningful to you, maybe, maybe there's something you could do. I want you to be the one who comes up with what you do. I don't sure. want to do it for you. But that does seem to be something that taking political action and not in some like march in DC that may or may not affect something, who knows. But this would be like in your home. Keep yeah. some trees up that wouldn't otherwise stay up. It's not even trees, dude. Like they're, they're going to knock down two acres of trees. So that's like a lot of trees. Um, like everything next to my house and just build a giant 
parking lot. Like it's ridiculous. Just so they, cause uh, we, like I said, we live a block off the lake and what they want to do is the, there's like three restaurants down by the pier and it gets so busy down here. They want everybody to park up here and take a bus down there. So they're basically just going to knock down everything and lay down a whole bunch of asphalt. Oh man. I thought you were saying parking lot is short for like a mall or something like that, but it's really just a parking lot. Yes, literally just a parking lot. And I think they're, they're putting a building on it just so they can justify building a parking lot, but they don't even have anybody to rent it. Is there any chance, is anyone saying by putting the parking lot up here, we're actually, is it possible it's actually saving emissions in the long run by sometimes on a bus, I think public transportation. Is there any conceivable way that it's actually helping things in, overall, net, net? The only thing it may help is congestion down there, but you, you know what I mean? There's, there's another shopping center um, about a half mile down the road that hasn't consistently, and then when I say shopping center, it's like a big like supermarket. Like it's a pretty big area of a parking lot just sitting there that hasn't been consistently occupied in about five years because place comes in, closes, place comes in, closes. So that's a big parking lot that's available would be a significantly better option because it's not much further than just knocking down, you know, all this area around my house. So talk about a leadership role. You'd be leading your, your community, maybe soon to be governor. I don't know about that one, man. Governors the last Jersey are like infamous for messing up traffic. On yeah, yeah, to, yeah. That and corruption, Christy. man. <laughs> Christy was like his way of doing business. Although I didn't follow it too much being in New York, but close to Jersey. Anyway, so, you, you had McGreevy before him that was in big trouble too. So anyway. <laughs> although you guys had Cory Booker seemed pretty interesting as a senator. He's a really cool guy. He was just on the Tim Ferriss show. Um, he's a really interesting guy. So... Yeah. So maybe this will get you into a more legislative path leading there. I'm jumping way ahead of things. Yeah. I, I don't but, know uh, about that, man. That's kind of a big leap, but I would love to help here in my local community. So is there, <laughs> is, it, is there a smart goal that can be made out of this? Something specific and measurable, actionable, time and realistic? <sighs> I mean, it doesn't have to be like we passed a law and this is done forever. Yeah. I know. I think that's really tough because the, the big problem is with a lot of these. So the guy building, it's a, a pretty large investor. And kind of the strategy is they only have to notify you of the first council meeting. So they had the first council meeting, they scheduled the next one and canceled it. And the strategy is what they do is they cancel meetings the day of every time so that people eventually stop coming and stop putting up a fight and they just build their thing. Mm -hmm. So really it's just keeping people in the loop and keeping other people motivated to continue going to these meetings because otherwise they're just going to run up their legal costs and everything else and just not be able to do it. And when you have a concentrated force on one side and it's nebulous on the other, you know, one person is going to make a lot of money. Everyone loses a bit of greenery. The one who's going to make a lot of money is like often going to win that one. Yeah. That's the tough part. So, so it's just really keeping community interested and engaged because they're going to try and burn everybody out. So maybe you organize the people to make sure that things keep happening and, and show up and like make sure that they keep happening. And yeah, no, that, that, I feel like that's tough to make a goal out of, but that's something I'm already like mentally in on doing. So what if we just say, what's an amount of time that we could talk and follow up? And maybe it's not the most specific goal we've ever done, but what's an amount of time, like a week, a month, a couple months? To Probably a couple months because our not, next meeting's not till October. So I have to kind of get everybody uh, interested in showing up and uh, going from there. So I'd be interested to hear how it comes out. And if you're going to do it anyway, then this is like... Yeah, no, I'm doing it anyway, man. I'm, I'm in. So let's schedule in a couple months. Do you have your calendar handy? Yeah, sure. Let's look at maybe November. I think that's going to be a better time to do it. Okay. Oh, yes. When I went to my calendar, it also saw an email came in and 
Have I told you about the Victoria's Secret model who it looks like is going to do, going to be a guest? No, but that's awesome. Yeah. And a big realization for me is that people keep looking to scientists and keep looking to places like scientists are good at science. They're good at experiments, getting data, sharing the data. It's, I can understand why historically we would look to them for leadership, but they're actually not effective leaders, rarely. They're not trained in it. And once they make the information public, anyone can use that information. And I think it's a big cop-out for a lot of people to say, oh, the scientists, they didn't make the information usable or something like that. So it's like somehow their fault, but mm-hmm. everyone could have done it. And that led me to realize if anyone can lead in the area of the environment, like I'm taking up the mantle. I, I hope that I do an effective job. Yeah. But where should leadership come from? Historically, the big leaders like Gandhi, Mandela, King, Vaclav Havel, people like that, they came from people who you know, start by scratching an itch and then they grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Also, well, and here's the thing. They lead themselves. I just finished uh, rereading James Altucher's book, Choose Yourself. Uh-huh. And uh, James talks about that. Somebody said to Gandhi, you know, Gandhi, you can't meditate an hour a day. It's too much. It's too much time. We're losing time. There's so much we have to do. And he goes, okay, because of that, I now need to meditate two hours Yeah. because I need to spend more time on handling me so that this isn't a problem. So I think it does start with leading yourself. Yeah. My dad studies India. I've been to India a couple of times. And at the ashram, you know, Gandhi cleaned toilets. He negotiated with the King of England and he cleaned toilets. This is not a weird thing. This is integrity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so who is effective at leadership? I mean, there are people who rise up like Altucher, like we, like you and me. I don't think we're yet at the level of like Nelson Mandela. And, but who influences? You know, Victoria's Secret models are very influential. They're going to reach audiences that I have no chance of reaching. Mm -hmm. And people look up to them and it's not like easy. They're not just beautiful women. You know, there's like, have you ever worked with a supermodel? Uh, No. I, I did not. I worked with, she was like borderline supermodel. She was like pretty big. And I did a video shoot with her for my art. And I was just there. There was a, a professional photographer who was there. And there's like skill that like, you know, the room changes when they're like, when they say, okay, go. And the camera's on, she does something different. And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, there's like, something's there. Like, this is like skill. It's like acting. It's like singing, but it's not. Right. Anyway, anyway so I got an email back from, uh, I don't want to say who, but some high-level people at Victoria's Secret that I'm not totally got to. it. So hopefully more will come. So anyway, so that's all me talking about Victoria's Secret. What about um, so either November. November 9th or 16th? Which is better for you? Let's see. Um, they are both. They're both pretty open. So do you want to do it earlier? Or do you want to get maybe an extra chance to get? Um, Let's do the 16th. That kind of gives me a little extra time. Okay. And yep, it has to be before 5:30 but the day is pretty free. Sure. Um, let's just do noon again. Then that was, this has been good. Okay. So I will send you a calendar invitation that you'll get after we hang up. Okay. And let's see, I feel like this is maybe obvious, but I'd still love to hear it in your words. Anything that you would say to people who are listening and thinking to themselves, I wonder if I should do something. And like they won't do exactly your thing or maybe they will, but any, any words of advice or any, any words to live by or something like that? Well, here's the thing is like, I did something that for me wasn't initially about the environment because I knew it was something that for me would be very difficult and I like a challenge. So I think that's kind of where you have to start is challenging yourself so that you can, because for me, it helped me gain more awareness, but I think you have to start with something that is somewhat difficult for you to kind of prove to yourself, look what I can do. And it also kind of helps you to have more awareness. So how would someone find what's right for them? Is there like with me, I kind of, push you a bit. I don't, I don't push, but 
Well, here, here's the thing. So you asked me, what could you do? I gave you something really easy first. Then I gave you something else. And I was like, oh, that's hard. I don't want to do mentally. I'm thinking I don't want to do that. But you also put me on the spot. So I didn't really want to say I didn't want to do that. So to me, if it said if it says to me, that's really difficult. And I don't want to do that. You probably should do it. So did I hear there's like a feeling inside of like, mm, like a or kind of like <laughs> trepidation. A trepidation. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that, but let me just agree to it. And then in two weeks when he has me back on, I'll just say, hey, I tried. It didn't really work out. <laughs> so it's like a, there's an awareness of like, I, I bet it's something similar to if you, lifting weights. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that exercise or I don't want to do that stretch. Like that's mm-hmm. probably a sign that that's like the one to work on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing though, too, because for me, a big thing I do for, this is a little bit off topic, but a big thing I do for weightlifting is visualization. So for me, if I'm feeling not good about that, it's time to sit down, close your eyes and really see yourself lifting it. And chances are I'll probably do it. So that's like a step two. Step one is like awareness of like, oh, that aversion is probably a signal that that's something to do. Mm -hmm. And then like, how do I actually get started? So maybe visualizing doesn't cost anything, doesn't require a trainer or anything like that. And you can get going. And your thoughts are really powerful. You know what I mean? Like if you can create that, you probably can do it because you're a lot more powerful than you want to give yourself credit for. I love how you just brought this full circle because <laughs> that's, I think, the very first thing you said in this conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to, but I broke my cell phone and it made, <laughs> made me have to take your challenge. I guess it, you'd already chosen to take it. It, it helped you do it. All right, so um, I feel like, okay, we went full circle. Anything I didn't think to ask to, to bring up before wrapping up? No, I think that's it, man. All right. So in the style of, of giving the listeners everything, I want to like, well, when we hang up, we'll hang up. And I'm sure we'll come across each other between now and then. Less on social media than before. So I'll talk to you again on November 16th. Sounds great, man. All right. Congratulations on what sounds like really great time. And I uh, hope it keeps giving you more. Yeah, I actually, I'll, I'll email you about this, Josh, but I got an event coming up in October too that you may be interested in in New York. Oh, cool. So yeah. And when I saw you before, it was before or after the, oh, I saw you before. So we talked about getting together in person before. Yeah, Jay Wong said he had spoken to you too about it. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. So I will talk to you soon and I'll see you even sooner. Sounds great, man. Okay, bye. Bye. I heard a lot of fun and laughter on Jeremy's side. He took on what for him was a big challenge and he laughs about it. I think we all want to take on challenges, enjoy them and laugh at them. It makes me think of what lower limit I could reach on using my cell phone. I've followed Jeremy casually since this recording. The last I heard was that they kept postponing meetings about the parking lot thing. I'll find out what came of his efforts. The big picture is that I hear little things lead to big, important things. The cell phone thing led to acting with his community. Do you consider big, important things important? Probably because that's what important means. If so, what can you start with? Something that you value, because I guarantee that if you do something based on your values, that you will enjoy it. And however modest it felt at the beginning, it will lead you to take on more things, which now those things will feel modest. Actually, the more that you do them, the more you'll like them, and then you'll want to do bigger things. That's my prediction. Let me know how it goes. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse. And living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and 
Living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.